We have a packed house today. We put extra chairs out today. We knew you were coming. We're so glad to have you. I want to welcome everybody to Momentum Church at every campus, every gathering. We are glad that you guys are here. If you're watching online, which we do have people that watch online, I want to invite you. You got to come here sometime. You got to experience this. These are the greatest people in the Gulf Coast of Florida, right here, right here, right now. You know, has anything ever like truly caught your attention? I'm talking about that thing that, man, it not only catches your eye, it keeps your eye. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it, it, maybe it's, it's something that you saw that arrested your attention. You're like, holy cow, I've got to move there. Like, I've got to, to head a little more towards the car lot. I got, I, I got to make sure I was driving on 98 and I saw the boat, that boat, my boat. I saw my boat on their lot. I had to go home and ask for prayer. I mean, I had to go home and say, honey, Lord's answered our prayer. What, what has recently caught your attention? Think about it. What was it? Yesterday, I went to the office I go there many times on Saturdays to finish working on the message and getting it ready for Sunday. And uh, I had community group. We had community group. In fact, I love community group. We're pushing, we're promoting community groups. you got to get in community group. If you don't get in community group, you're missing it. You're missing it. So I promise you. It's like you're going to be in the clouds or something. Alone. Group is where life happens. Life is better together. We're better together. So I'm in two community groups. And uh, that doesn't make me more spiritual. It just makes me, it makes me more happy. Because I, I love people. I love the people I get to do life with. And, and so yesterday, um, yesterday is a, a men's community group. And the fire machine went off. Uh, we, we had our men's community group, and I, I love it. We, we had several, several men yesterday. We're talking about Wild at Heart. And I, I Saturday, or not Saturday, Friday, Steph and I went in. Went in. I was setting up for community group. I was so excited about what was God was going to do in our community group. Setting it all up. And, uh, and I get in there, and the TV is like black and white. I think my friend Ty said like third world problems, right? We got a high def TV, it's in black and white. I'm like, what is going on? It wasn't like this Friday. But I get in there and that kind of had my attention a little bit. But I ran upstairs, I ran upstairs and, and to grab something and then something really caught my attention. It smelled, forgive me, it smelled like a bad fart. It did. And, and you know one when you smell one. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You're like, that's a bad, bad, like, that's a bad, bad guy. That's a bad, bad fart right there. Somebody, holy cow, I hope they made it to the bathroom. That is not, not, not stink. That is stink. That is rank. Like, Jesus help that person. Are you with me? So we have community group, and after community group, one of the guys in the community group is getting ready to take him and his family. They're going to New York City, and I told him, I was like, man, I got a book. Dude, you're going to love it. <laughs> I, I buy every one of these books I can get my hands on. 
It says whatever for dummies. <laughs> it said New York City for dummies. I was like, that, that's it. I've been to New York three times. And it's a shortcut, man. I had to tell you the best pizza places, the best Italian, what you got, the best ice cream. Because I looked it up and went there. It'll, it'll break it down for you. And so Dustin and I go walking upstairs. And it smells worse than it did a few hours before. I'm like, get out of here. This is crazy. I look in every trash can. And in our office, we, we pride ourselves, right, staff? We pride ourselves in keeping that thing clean because that represents the glory of God. It's excellence. We want someone to walk in and think apple, think clean, not cluttered. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm preaching to my staff right now. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Here's your sign. <laughs> so I walk in there upstairs, and it is clean as a whistle. It just a stink. And I go trash can to trash can. Matt, I looked in your office. You're on vacation. I thought, well, maybe Matt. Surely not Matt. Matt, Matt's got the cleanest office of them all. I go in there. Nothing. Clean trash bag. I look around. I, well, maybe something's coming out of the fridge. Nothing's in the fridge. I go, well, maybe something's in the freezer. Nothing in the freezer. We're fasting. <laughs> we, we, we find we, we, we find that helps us that way. It's like you want an ice cube or an ice cube. It's, uh, we looking skinny these days. I, I always try to schedule family photos in January. <laughs> Remember me this way. Remember my face like this instead of a uh, little jolly. Amen. And uh, I'm like, what in the world? So I start studying. I shut my office door. And the stink gets underneath the door. And it starts coming in my office. I'm like, God, I can't concentrate. It smells like a bad fart up in here. Lord, if someone comes in here, they're going to think it's me. Sure enough, there's a key in the door. 30 minutes later, there's a key in the door. But I found what it was. I just found what it was. There's a key in the door. Amy comes walking in to get something off the copy machine. And she said, Pastor Tim, it stinks in here. And I said, you're telling me. I've been in here for hours trying to figure where this thing is coming from. I I literally went back to college because in college we would take a can of tuna. We would open it up. We would go into someone's room, take their air vent off, put it back about three feet, two feet, screw it back in. And say peace out. And we, 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 and, and they, my my one roommate, my one roommate. He, he we were roommates four years. Blake Clark confessions good for the soul. So forgive me. I'm telling on myself. But for like a month, they couldn't figure out what it was. Couldn't figure out where the stench was coming from. And so, like every other day, they were buying Lysol. I mean, we were laughing, man. They're coming back with. Bags from Walmart or Publix and lice on there. Shh, they're like, oh, it's so bad. Someone died in here. They couldn't figure it out. They called maintenance. Maintenance couldn't figure it out, you know. But I, I knew. I knew. I may or may not have known why it was there. But, but this stink had caught my attention yesterday. You know what it was? Someone on our team. I don't know who, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> there goes that Christmas bonus next year. Gone. No, I'm going to find out. Someone had left a bowl of rice and broccoli. Yeah, you saying, oh, because you smelled broccoli before when it smelled like that, didn't you? You blamed your kids, didn't you? You're like, honey, it was the broccoli. You ever done that? You, go, you, you went, you, you go to one of these uh, places, you know, Shanghai 
It's really pronounced Shanghai, but you go on these Shanghai Chinese fast food takeouts. They don't have those in China, by the way. <laughs> you go over there and you get some food and you accidentally leave it in your car overnight. And you get back in and it's like, oh, it's the broccoli. It's good for you. It's vitamin C. But you better eat that stuff or throw it away. Don't leave it in your trash and come back from vacation. That's, that's what it was yesterday. And it arrested my attention. In fact, it was so strong in my life at that moment for hours yesterday. All I could think about was getting the stank out. All I could think of was like, Lord, I'm trying to study Jesus, but you know me. I mean, it is all up in the air. I got to get this. I got to find it. What it arrested my attention. And, and it was hard not to think about anything else. Today, I want to talk to you. We're, we're talking about this series, Acceleration. We're, we've been talking about prayer and the power of prayer and shifting. And today, man, today we, we, we're going to move. We're going to move today. Because we've, we've talked about starting your engine. That was week one, starting your engine. So we got to start by sitting. If you want to go fast, you got to get in the vehicle. You got to start by sitting and sitting in the presence of God. So number one, we learned start by sitting. Number two, we learned last week, you got to take your foot off the brake if you want to go. I was looking yesterday for several hilarious videos of uh, people um, in general. I watched some teenagers who are learning how to drive uh, um, stick shift and uh, I was watching, it was hilarious, you know, all this, and watching different, and none of them were too funny enough to show today, so I, I scratched that. But, but, you know, one of the things you got to do is you got to learn to take your foot off, and there's got to be a transition, right, from that clutch. You got you got to break in the clutch. To move forward, it's got to be in gear, and you got to give it some gas. So if you're here today, I want to, and you're here today, and you want your prayer life to be better, raise your hand. All right, now, now hold it up and turn to the person beside you and say, I want your prayer life to be better too. Look at him again and say, I'm counting on your prayer life getting better. All right, you put your hands down. Now watch, 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 watch. So, so today, I want to talk about how to get God's attention. How do you get God's attention? It, can we arrest God's attention? This is almighty creator God. I mean, he's not a genie in the bottle. You just got to rub him the right way. Y'all like that? I'm trying to speak some of y'all's theology. He's not a genie in the bottle that I tell God what to do. He's not like, God, I demand you. No, we, we know who we're talking to. But in scripture, there's story after story after story of proof of how you and I can arrest God's attention. There's one way. There is one way. There's one way. In fact, Psalm 100 verse 4 tells us the secret. And it says, enter into the courts. You enter into the gate with thanksgiving. You enter into the courts with praise. So it's all about our approach. Someone say the word approach. Approach is everything. Would you agree with me? Your spouse ever came home? Ever came home? The kids were running wild. Your little keyed up. Been a rough day. Been a long day. And you said something to your spouse they probably might needed to hear. But your approach was all wrong. 
You ever messed up the approach? Approaches are everything. If you're flying, that approach to land it is important, isn't it? That approach is everything. Our approach matters. The way we approach God matters. And, and for some of us, we've been discouraged. And God says, don't be discouraged. But for some of us, we've gotten very, very discouraged because we feel like when we pray, it's a waste of time. I'm convinced, I'm totally convinced that most Christians, most Christians probably would get a bad grade in the area of prayer. I'm convinced of that. And I don't say that as a shame thing. I say that as we can change the game thing. You with me? Because some of us are intimidated when it comes to prayer. Some of us feel like when it comes to prayer, I don't know how to pray. And, and maybe you grew up, maybe, and, and I'm not knocking this, but, but maybe you grew up with a King James Bible. I grew up with a King James Bible, and that's an awesome Bible. And it's a beautiful, uh, the way it's written is, is beautiful. It was written a long time ago. And, and, I, and, and some of the verses in there, they intimidated me because I didn't understand the words. And, and maybe it's not a King James. Maybe it's another Bible. Maybe you just gave your life to Christ and, and you open up an NLT or NIV or you open up the, the mess. You, you open up the Amplified and you look at it and you're like, I, I don't even know where to start. How many would be honest enough right now? You'd be on, you got enough boldness to you. You got enough security to say, Tim, you're describing me when it comes to prayer. I just be honest with you. I really don't feel like I have a handle on it. Can we all be honest on the count of three? Can we just be honest? Would you raise your hand? I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? And it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. Okay? Being a Christian. That's, but how many say, I kind of struggle here. And, and I try to do it, and it's kind of like learning to drive. Stick shift. It's like those teenagers. Like, okay, Dad, I got it. It was me. <laughs> With Dad. Okay, Dad, I got, I got you. Okay, all right. Take it. Barely give it again. I heard you. I heard you 30 times. I got this one, Dad. Trust me. <laughs> how many feel like that describes your prayer life would you raise your hand you feel like that because you pray and then sometimes when you pray it feels like god says okay now i'm gonna do just the opposite and you're like what what did i just do i just wasted time have you ever felt like that or, or maybe you feel intimidated and you're like i don't know how to approach god so the problem the problem in our prayer life I, w- I would say it's two things. I'm going to share two things every week for the last couple of weeks of this series. But today, I want to share with you that it's, number one, because we don't have a plan. You don't have to be a pro to pray. You don't have to be a pro to pray. Prayer is not for pastors. Prayer is for anyone who wants to speak to Jesus. Prayer is not for missionaries in Africa alone. Pastors alone. Prayer... It's for the stay-at-home mom who needs God to move on her behalf. Are you with me? Yes. And all the mamas with babies said, help me, Jesus, now. Right? Prayer isn't something you've got to be a professional. It's not like the Super Bowl that only the best of the best make it there. And, and so what I want to tell you today, most people don't have a plan to pray. Everyone wants life change. We want life. I want life change. I want to believe that I'm getting better. Are you with me? We can't stay the same because we're like this. And if we stay in neutral, we'll go backwards. And so if I want to accelerate, if I want to move forward, if I want to shift from puny prayers to powerful prayers, then my daily routine has to change. 
So most people don't have a plan to pray. That's why they don't pray. It's not that they don't pray because they don't love God. It's they don't pray because they don't got a plan for prayer. And prayer is like oxygen. It's great to do it during the day. It's great to do it during the night. It's great to do it when you're driving. You can do it in the shower. You can do it when you're mopping. You can do it when you're washing dishes. You, you can pray. Prayer is the air that I breathe. But there's something about scheduling prayer in your day as an anchor for your soul. Are you with me? And so what I want to encourage you today in this opener, I want to encourage you to plan prayer. I pray, but I pray because I plan to pray. And so, in other words, God and I have an appointment. You need an appointment with God, and nothing needs to interfere with it, because nothing is greater than your time with God. So you need a schedule. You need a schedule. Schedule out your day. You know, these coaches that, that are great coaches, they, they've got their day broken down into the minute. They can tell you at 4.37 what they're going to be doing. They're that disciplined. Prayer isn't about being a pro. Prayer is just about knowing you need to go and pray. The disciples, in all of the four Gospels, all of, this, of the disciples, they only asked Jesus one time to teach them to do something. And it was to pray. They said, teach us. In the Greek, the urgency is now. Teach us now to pray, not how to pray. We've heard you pray. We've prayed with you. We've seen what God does through you. But you get up before the sun gives, gets up and we're trying to fluff the pillow. We're rolling over. We don't want to do just like we want to have your power, Jesus. We see you casting out the demons. We see you slaying them. We see you, you praying and God doing miraculous things. And, and then we hear you say that some things only come by prayer and fasting. So we just... We just don't do it, God. His own disciples ask Jesus. His own disciples beg Jesus, teach us to pray. And I think that is the game changer. We can talk about everything else in the Bible. But if God's people, if God's people, that's me and you, that's you and me. If God's people would have the same humility and the same hunger to say, God, I've been a Christian 25 years, and I don't think I know how to pray. So teach me how to pray. You know what would happen? The church would explode like it did in the book of Acts. I don't think y'all heard me. I said the church would explode like it did in the book of Acts. Don't. You want to experience God in 2018 just as much as they experienced God when Jesus was on the planet, walking around in physical form. Don't you want that? Don't you want to believe God for signs and miracles? Don't you want to believe God for healing? Don't you want to believe God that, that when, when we are prayed up, that no devil in hell has a chance against us? Do you want to believe that? Don't you want to believe God that, that there's not even enough room for people to get in the house? We're talking about standing room only. Don't you want to believe God that when the invitation comes, not only will God 
touched my heart and changed my heart. And God touched and stirred and changed your heart. But that all of a sudden there are hands like crazy. I'm talking about a hundred hands in a gathering. In a gathering. Not gatherings. In one gathering. I'm talking about thousands of hands. Jesus is strong. He's not lost his power. And God Almighty can not only do what he's already done, but Jesus said greater things will happen. Greater things. Because I'm going to heaven and I'm sending the spirit of Almighty God and he's going to breathe on you and Pentecost happened. My God. Speaking of shifting, I got a shift. That's all introduction. I ain't got to my passage yet. But it's the title of my message today. Step on it. I like to step on it. Do you like to step on it? I like to step on it. When I grew up, we had a lawnmower. I may have told this. I don't remember. We had a lawnmower. And it had like six, seven speeds to it. I was too young to understand that there were these things called bolts that were holding it together. What I did understand is if I put it in like six gear and had the brake off, a brother could move. I didn't get a golf cart. We didn't get a golf cart growing up. We got a motorcycle one time. It was given to us. Dad was like, let me ride it first and make sure this thing works. We still tease Dad about it today. Dad hopped on, took off, don't know what happened. It broke down. It broke down. Dad pushed it all the way back about a quarter of a mile. It was hilarious. So, so I had to improvise, baby. We had a lawnmower with six gears, baby. And dad, when dad was home, I kept it in third gear. Dad went back inside. We're in Tennessee, baby. We're jumping ditches. We don't know what ditches are in Florida. We had ditches in Tennessee. I I like to step on it, man. Come on. Let's go. Well, today we're going to talk about how to go from aggravation in your prayer life. How to go from aggravation. How to go from apathy. How to go from neglect to bring it on. I'm ready to step on it. I can't wait to get in my prayer closet. I can't wait to shut the car door. And these days with Bluetooth, you know, back in the day, we didn't have all that fancy stuff. I'd pray in the car, you know, someone passed me and be like, like, who's he talking to? We didn't have all the fancy ears. You know what I'm talking about? But now people think you're talking to someone else, man. You just get, shut that door, man, and pray to your Father in heaven. And when you pray in secret, your Father will reward you openly. Anyone want to be rewarded? Anyone want to be rewarded? Anybody in the house want everything that God has for you, for you, here and now? Anybody? I do. I do. So if we're going to step on it, we got to understand. We got to understand the strategy because God told us the secret. He gave us the strategy, and that is all in how we come to God. Some people come to God like a leech, and they come and it's gimme, 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 gimme more, gimme more, gimme more. And James says, well, some of you don't get your prayers answered because you doubt, and some of you don't get your prayers because you ask amiss. You're praying. You don't even care about the will of God. You care about the will of you because you are the God of you. So if you humble yourselves, therefore, under the almighty hand of God, I will lift you up. But you got to humble yourself first. See, prayer isn't about me changing God. Prayer is about God changing me. Prayer is about getting me back in alignment with the heart of God. And there is a strategy 
to it. And I want to talk about it today. What if you knew every time you went into your prayer closet, every time you open up your mouth to talk to God, what if you could have 100% confidence that you would be heard and that help was on the way? What if? Would that not motivate you? What if, what if every time you had a presentation, you knew you could pray, you might be facing fear, right? We battle fear. Are you with me? You're going to battle fear till you're dead. But what if every time you're like, yeah, fear's present. Excuse me just a second. I'm not even addressing you. I got, I got something the Bible says that, that I have weapons of war. Weapons of war. You know what that, the initial spell? Wow. Wow. Excuse me, just say, yeah, I, I, I hear you ring the doorbell. I'm going to let the Lord answer that door in just a minute. Jesus, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call on me and, and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. So I'm here right now. What if we took a lesson from 2 Chronicles 20 where Jehoshaphat has three different groups of armies coming against him and they're going to kill him and they're really close and he cries out. He declares a fast. He cries out to the Lord. He's getting ready to be attacked by the enemy and he says, God, I don't even know what to do. But he didn't stop there. He said, but my eyes are on you. What if? What if you could get the result like Jehoshaphat did? By the way, you know what happened? Those three armies turned on themselves. They killed each other. The Lord said, hey, the battle's not even y'all. Stand still. Watch the salvation of the Lord. Watch what I can do. And God didn't have to come down from heaven. God just like, it's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. The battle's the Lord's. What if... That thing that's been troubling you for your entire life, it's been baggage, it's been a part of you so much, it's, it's been with you for so long, you've just gotten used to the load. What if you could experience the power and the presence of God in such a tangible way when you hit your knees, when you bow your head, when you raise your voice, when you lift your hands? What if you knew that heaven was getting ready to catapult you from where you were To where heaven designed you to be. What if? What if you could realize that a shift is coming in your life? Because if we're going to accelerate, we got to put it in first gear. We got to learn to shift. We got to shift out of, well, I'm not doing it. We got to shift out of, I'm too tired to do it. We got to shift out of, well, I just haven't planned on doing it. Or we got to shift out of, well, this TV kind of is the way I like to veg out. Or, you know, I don't like to get out of bed in the morning. I like to sleep in. You can change that. You can get better. It ain't too late. January 1st is gone. Don't wait till next January 1st to do everything you want to do but won't do. Do it now. You don't need another January 1. You just need one. You need the one. You say, all right, Lord, I don't even know what to do. I've thought I've been a good salesman. And I kind of had a little pride at the office because I've kind of let them. But Jesus, I'm going to lay that down. I'm going to surrender that to you. I want to see what you can do, Jesus. I want to see what you can do in my sales. I'm going to stop giving my best to work. I'm going to give my best, but I'm not going to give all my best to work, Jesus. You know what? I'm going to reprioritize my family. I'm going to get my family back in the game. Instead of working 90 hours a week, I'm going to, I'm going to lead better, starting with my house. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What if you could do that? What if you could live in confidence that God would hear your prayer, and he wouldn't just hear you, he would answer you. That's how Jesus prayed. In fact, before Lazarus came out of the tomb, Jesus said, he said, Lord, I'm praying. And I'm not, I'm not praying because I don't think you'd do this. I'm praying because I, I know that you've already heard me and you're going to help me. I'm doing this for them to see. 
Because, I, in other words, I already talked to you this morning. I'm not praying in public. Hear ye, hear ye. I'm now about to pray. Let us pray. Oh, God. No, 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 no. Like Jesus, I woke up and said, good morning, Holy Spirit. We welcome you with praise. That's the secret. You've got to raise your praise. Turn to someone say, raise your praise. So if you haven't figured it out yet, what is my message about today? It's about one word. It's about praise. Why is this important? Why do you need to listen? Why will you be glad that you came? Here it is. Because our praise is God's invitation to show up and to show out. That's the message in a minute. That's a phrase that pays. Our praise is God's invitation to show up. And when God shows up, God shows out because that's all he knows how to do. It's in his character. Jesus shows up at the wedding. They're all, oh, what are we going to do? We're out of wine. She's like, go get them water pots. Fill them up with water. Everyone's like, my God, that's good. Where has this been? That's what Jesus did. And we're like, Lazarus is dead. You're late, Jesus. He stinketh. And he's like, he ain't even dead. He's sleeping. Lazarus, come out. If he wouldn't have called Lazarus' name, every dead body that believed in him would have come out. He had to make sure he was specific all about the details. Lazarus, come out. Our praise is God's invitation to show up and show out. What do I want you to do? I want you to raise your praise. You're going to have to schedule it. You see, the problem with our prayer life is, number one, we don't have a plan to pray. But the problem with our prayer life is it's bland. So we don't praise. Praise is the spice that kicks it up a notch. When I do the Daniel fast, some of the only ways I survive the Daniel fast sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I love fruits and vegetables. Especially broccoli when it's not left in a microwave for a week. I love that. It's better with ranch. But you, you put little spices on there. I like spice. You like spice? I, you kick it up. See, praise is the spice that turns your prayer up. Praise is the salt lick. I called someone today and I said, hey, I t- or, or Facebook, I said, I forgot my salt lick. It was totally going to be my illustration today. Can you bring me some salt lick? And I kept my fingers crossed, but, but you know, it was this morning. It was late. But salt lick, when you put salt lick on it, Frankie, I just start putting on my eggs, put a little on my corn, a little on my hamburger, a little on my cereal. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I, just, I put that stuff all over the place. Spice, I like spice. Spice is nice. Spice makes it taste better. I'm doing this thing, I said in one of the videos, I'm starting to take, um, it is apple cider vinegar. It tastes like chocolate. <laughs> you ought to try it. It's great. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And the first time I ever had it was with eight ounces of water. And I was like, that's horrible. So I just thought I would take it straight. Yeah, I got to take it straight. I can't, I can't swallow that stuff for like 20 gulps. So I had two tablespoons. But what I found is you put some cinnamon in there. Gets your metabolism going. You put a little cayenne pepper. <laughs> it'll light you up. <laughs> if you put too much. I put cayenne pepper and the spice makes it a little bit better. It cuts the edge off. Are you with me? And I I take that stuff. You know what praise does? Praise is the spice for your prayer life. Now let's go to an awesome passage of scripture today that is an incredible, incredible story. Let's go to Acts 16, 25 through 34. 
around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises, hymns to God. Let me start right here and tell you that in the verses before, when you read the Bible, the, the, the Bible um, is broken down into chapters for us to make it easier. But oftentimes you'll see how one chapter just goes right into the next. Or maybe you start at a verse in the middle of the chapter and verses before that verse actually give you the context for the next verses coming up. You with me? <clears throat> so you want to read scripture in context. So the context of these scriptures is that Paul and Silas had been preaching the gospel. They had been preaching the gospel. They were followed by a girl who was demon-possessed. And this girl who was demon-possessed was following them as they were preaching the gospel. And she was saying, like, these men are from God. This is the gospel from God. Like, they're preaching the gospel. So was she telling the truth? Yes. See, see even demons know the truth about the gospel. The Bible says God will cause the wrath of man to praise him. God, in this passage of scripture, caused a girl who was demon-possessed, really, to kind of be the megaphone for their message. But she kept doing it, and evidently it was so obnoxious that they turned around and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And, and the demon left, and, and, and when the demon was in her, she was able to make a lot of money for her masters. But now all of a sudden, it was just her. And her, her masters, they were very upset because there went their business. You know what happened? They arrest Paul and Silas. They take them to the authorities and they say, these men are stirring up trouble. They're stirring up trouble. So you know what they did? They beat them and they put them in prison. In fact, Scripture says when they put them in prison, they, they shackled their arms and their feet. But the, the passage indicates that they not only shackled them, but they put the handcuffs on extra tight. You with me? This is like an officer that had to chase someone down. Am I, am I speaking here to anybody? And they're like, I got you now. And we might go three clicks a little tighter. <laughs> Never happens, ever. <laughs> Tightens them on there. So they say, okay, you're preaching the gospel. We're going to beat you. We're going to tell you to shut up. We're going to shackle you. We're going to do it where it hurts you. In other words, they had big problems. Someone say big problems. But here's the deal. It's midnight. It's mid dead in the middle of the night dead in the middle of the night they are stuck they're not able to preach they're not able to go outside these walls they're stuck they're confined within the walls of these prisons but they did not let their circumstances stop them from praising God because they knew that the power of life and death is in the tongue it's hard to praise God and complain to man at the same time if you'll learn to praise God, you'll go from being a negative person to one of the most positive people that everyone that doesn't want to be around you all of a sudden will want to be around you because every time they talk to you, it's no more death, 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 death. You got anyone like that in your life? I got a relative like that. Every time I call my relative, I talk to him. It's just negative, 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 negative. And I have to say, I have to say, tell me one thing good. You haven't told me one thing good. You mean tell me about how bad life sucks. Like you're breathing... What's going on here? Are you with me? And praise will raise your prayer life. Because if we go around complaining, and we go around just bickering, and we go around just, you know, speaking doubt, speaking negativity, 
you wonder why our prayers don't get answered. God's like, I don't got time for that. But when you begin to do what these guys did, you arrest the attention of Almighty God. It's midnight, and they are praying and singing praises. Notice it's, it's in blue. They're praying and singing hymns. Many translations in that word hymns is praises. Praises. Now watch this. So they're singing, but who are they singing to? They're singing to God. When it's time to sing, do you sing? And do you know who you're singing to? Because when you know who you're singing to, you're not worried about the people beside you, in front of you, behind you. You're not putting on a show. You're not putting on a show. You know who the show is. And when you see him high and lifted up, you get all beside yourself. And you actually get more excited than you do when your team wins. Because you understand it's bigger than that. So around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises. They're praying, praying to God. And they're singing praises to God. When we thank God, we thank God for what he does. When we praise God, we praise him for who he is. It's a difference. Some people say, I just want to praise God. God bless me with this. What you meant to say was, I want to thank God because God just did this. Praise and thanksgiving are two different things. When you praise God, you're praising Him for who He is. You're telling Him how awesome He is. Not to stroke His ego, but because you've recognized He is the one true God. High and lifted up, He is God alone. And beside Him, there is no other. And like Peter of old, you're saying, Lord, where else would we go? You alone have the words of life. Where else would we go? How else could I live my life? How else would would I want to spend my life but in investing it in your presence? I want to start by sitting. I want to follow up with confessing and getting the sin out of my life. Because if I hang on to sin, God won't hear me. So i got to take the foot off the brake so I can put it in gear and go. And now it's time to go. So we're going to praise. And they began praising God. And other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, that's hilarious, suddenly, What that means is, listen up, everybody. Here's the recipe to arrest God's attention suddenly. Suddenly, when what? When they were praying and singing praises to God. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up. Dude, sleeping on the job. He woke up to see the prison Doors wide open. Let me stop right here. Here's a water cooler moment. Here's what I want you to be talking about at work tomorrow. You just go ahead and talk about it. Well, they don't go to church. All the reason to talk about it. They don't know Jesus. All the reason to talk about him. Just be bold in it. I'm in the gym the other day. I'm in the, in the locker room. And it says something to some guy. Just drop a little something about, about God. Man, just be bold in your faith. Another guy's like, it's a beautiful day. We're working on my triceps. I know, man. Today's the day that the Lord made. Man, I will be glad. I went, look at that baby. Did you see that thing? I will be glad. I will rejoice in it. Right? And you just take God wherever you go. Most Christians show up on Sunday to meet him and say, we'll see you next Sunday. No, no, no. Take him with you. Be bold about your faith. These guys in prison. Why are they in prison? Because they were preaching the word of God. So what do they do in prison? They praise God. Lord, we praise you. We praise you, God. You are still awesome. You are still wonderful. You are still almighty. You are still so awesome there's nothing you can't do. You still are my banner. You still are my provider. You still are El Shaddai. You still are my God. I'm going to praise you. These chains 
ain't going to stop me. My circumstances will not drop me. You will not stop me. I'm going to make Jesus famous because he is the famous one. If you don't know him, you need to know. They had something inside of them and the other prisoners are listening. And the jailer fell asleep, but he's fixing to get woken up. Because suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation and all the doors immediately flew open i said and the chains of every prisoner fell off now now watch this the chains of every prisoner not just their chains Woo, i'm gonna come around and preach that in a minute the jailer woke up he sees the doors wide open the last thing he saw before he went to sleep was the door shut he's got the keys doors aren't supposed to be open prison break is what he's thinking he assumed the prisoners had escaped so he drew a sword to kill himself why? Because he probably was going to be killed. So he'd rather do it than someone else. But Paul shouted because he had already been shouting. He'd already been shouting to the Lord. So when you shout to the Lord, you don't mind shouting to people. You with me? There's context right there. When you've been in the presence of God. By the way, did I tell you that, that praise, the Bible says God inhabits our praise. When you praise God, God shows up. God, God goes, what's that smell? You ever heard the sacrifice of praise? It's a beautiful smell in the heavenly realms when God hears praise. And all of a sudden, Paul shouts, he says, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights and he ran to the, the dungeon and he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and he asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe. In the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. Go to church. Tithe. Nope, they didn't say none of that. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. Along with everyone in your household. By the way, that was faith. What they were saying is your prayer, your prayer is going to set a precedence for your family's future. If daddy will give his heart to Jesus... That family will follow. Listen to me, Daddy. It's not Father's Day, but I want to tell you something, fathers. If you will live for Jesus, your son will have a better chance to live for Jesus. If you will bend your knees and humble your heart, your children will have an easier time bowing their head and their heart to Jesus. Are you with me? My God, I feel you, Jesus. So they said that in faith. Men of God and women of God speak in faith. We speak it. Because the just shall live by faith. And they said, they said, everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who live in the household. Even at that hour, the, that night, the jailer cared for them and he washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house. These guys are supposed to be in prison. They're supposed to be locked up. He's like, hey, why don't y'all come on over? Party, party for two. Honey, go ahead. And, and, and I love this as I uh, was um, studying. Then he and everyone in the household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. Most translations say meat there. Said meat before them. I said amen to that, Jesus. We got one week left. I'm going to eat some. I'm telling you, man, a big old hamburger. I'm going to eat a steak in Jesus' name. I'm telling you. And they put meat before him. Someone say amen. He and his entire household rejoiced 
because they all believed in God. So if I can preach this passage in about 60 seconds, let me tell you about the power of your praise. The power of your praise is all in your race. If you will raise your praise, other people will gaze at the one you're praising. Here's what happened in this passage. I learned from this passage, when you praise, it allows others to hear and learn about them. Because they all were listening. When these guys praised, it was an immediate game changer. Because suddenly, as soon as they started praising, suddenly this happened. Evidently, they weren't there all night doing it. They were just getting warmed up. And God said, I see you. I meet you. I'm going to raise you. I learned from this passage in praise that praise releases your chains. What the enemy meant evil for you, meant to stop you, meant to hurt you, meant to destroy you, meant to take the fuel out, to take the wind out of your, your, your sails. What the enemy meant to destroy you and to stop you and to defeat you is the very thing. If you are right in the middle of it, if you will raise your praise, God Almighty will say, I see you, sir. I see you, ma'am. Let me right now, suddenly, let me change the weather. So don't focus on Goliath because God is greater. Don't focus on your circumstances. I don't have a job. Praise Him when you don't have a job. And if you praise Him when you don't have a job, you'll praise Him because you'll get a job. You with me? you got to raise your praise. Say, raise your praise. I learned from this passage that when we praise God, that it not only releases our chains, it releases the chains of those around us. When you praise God, there is enough power in praising God that God gets the glory and God will free other people around you. That's what I'm talking about. I learned from this passage that praise allows unbelievers to experience God. I mean, this guy goes from suicidal to surrender. Stop, they're all here. What must I do to be saved? Did you see that shift? It was cosmic. That's a big shift. Why? Because someone decided to praise God in their pain. They praised them in their pain. Because he still had Jesus' name. He said, well, I've lost everything, Pastor Tim. Let me tell you one thing you haven't lost. If I was Pentecostal, I'd take a few laps right now. Take a few laps. I would take a few right now. I would. I would take a few. (laughs) Don't tempt me. (laughs) I seem to always take the dares. I want to tell you. You sick of them chains? You sick of those chains on your kids? Sick of those chains on your brother? Sick of those chains on your loved ones? You sick of those chains on your spouse? All you got to do is bend your knee and raise your praise. And not only will your chains fall off, I'm talking to somebody today, but the chains that are on someone next to you might just happen to fall off too. And then they will say, holy crap, I didn't believe in God. 
What must I do to be saved? That's the power of God. When these guys praise God, I notice that it gives you the opportunity to lead people to Jesus. It brings others to Christ. And it turns enemies into servant. He, that guard was an enemy to them. Next thing you know, he's like, hey, baby, yeah, yeah, cook that up. Yeah, that steak, it's okay. I, they probably like porterhouse. That's good. I don't know, Paul, how you want it? Medium, medium, medium. He said extra well, no blood. Extra well, no blood. <laughs> that was some biblical humor there. And uh, <laughs> it turned his enemy into a servant. And then it compels new believers to follow Christ immediately in baptism. That's what it does. Hey, what do I got to do to be baptized right now? And it provides new fellowship and friendship because of the spirit of hospitality. Spirit is capitalized. And you know what it does? It changes generations. Because he didn't just give his life to Christ, but his kids gave his life to Christ. Now I can say a whole lot, and I won't. But if you look at Psalm 146, 47, 48, 49, and the last Psalm in Psalms, Psalm 150, the first line is praise the Lord and the last line is praise the Lord. You see, adoration is reverential praise. God inhabits our praise and if we won't praise Him, the very rocks will cry out. See, our praises thunder. They thunder in heavenly realms. That's what our praise does. Psalm 145 says, God alone is worthy of our praise. 1 through 10. Psalm 18, 3. Psalm 113, verse 3. Psalm 48, 1 and 10 says, God deserves our praise. Psalm 148, 7 through 14 says, all creation praises God. All creation praises God. Why? Because they're God's creation. There's the math. The sun, the moon, the moon, and the stars praise Him. Psalm 19, 1 through 4. Psalm 148, 1 through 6. Psalm 148, verse 2. The angels praise Him. Psalm 47, 1 through 3 and verse 6. We are to sing praises to God. It's why you ought to just be there and get your family there and get your friends there at the night of worship. Because that's a night designed for us to praise God. There should be no empty seat. If we really believe this message, Navar, are you listening to me? You, you listening online? If we really believe this message, there ought to be hundreds of people standing outside the door. If we could really believe this message that our praise is a game changer I think there's a lot of Christians need a game changer I'm one of them are you one of them God will be praised forever look at and I close with this look at Revelation y'all won't actually you can't look at this I didn't didn't give it a joke put it up on the screen I'm going to read this see the takeaway is praise is the door that opens to more in just a second, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Come up here and say, God, I'm sick and tired of having my eyes on my circumstances. I'm going to get my eyes on you. I'm going to begin to praise you and thank you for what you've done. But I want to praise you for who you are. So would you stand? Would you stand? Revelation 19, 1 through 6. This is like towards the end. Now, we just went through Revelation, and here it is. Listen to them. Revelation. This is a song. This is a song. And it's not just any old song. This is a song of victory. Is what it is. It's a song of victory. It's like we are the champions. It's like the new song, The Champion. Right? But we're not going to see our name in lights. We're going to see his name in lights. This is it. Revelation 19. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in the heavens shouting, Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory. And power belong to our God. 
His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He takes that very seriously. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again, their voices ring out. Praise the Lord. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living beings, they fell down and they worshiped God who was sitting on the throne. And they cried out, Amen. Or in other words, let it be true. And they praised the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all His servants, all who fear Him from the least to the greatest. Then I heard again what sounded the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean waves or the crash of a loud thunder. Praise the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. If you want to get God's attention, that's all about the approach. You need to plan that approach. You need to schedule that approach and begin your prayers with praising God for who He is. With heads not bowed, gotcha. And eyes wide open. I want to ask you to move out and come and pray. And to say, Lord, there'll be a shift in my life from this day forward. Prayer team's coming. Both campuses, they're moving out. You've been stuck in the pit of despair. You've been stuck in the rut of frustration and aggravation in your prayer life. Maybe neglect, maybe apathy, whatever it is. You, maybe you, I know, I know I should pray. I just don't do it. And be honest, I've got no strategy for prayer. And you say, you know what, Lord? Like today, I, I just want to come forward. I want to praise you for who you are. This is the first day of the week. You're going to start your week out right. On the count of three, I'm talking to Jesus followers. I'll give you the opportunity to not just be hearers of the word, because you heard a word today, but to be doers of the word. Because make no mistake, he is worthy. He's worthy. And don't you need a suddenly? And you've been telling all your coworkers, and you've been telling your best friend, your sister, your brother, and you've been telling them, I need a suddenly in my life that's you or maybe you're just thankful man God's been so good to you and you just want to come you want to take a knee and you want to say God I want to praise you I want to invite you on the count of three to do it and I want to encourage you to step out to step out big things happen when we raise our praise on the count of three say I'm standing right in the middle of the rope yeah but you went to the movie last week you walked past 15 people to watch Hollywood walk past them to meet Jesus someone say amen on the count of three. One, two, three. Right now, you're coming. You're coming. You're going to quit focusing on your circumstances. You're going to quit talking about how bad it is. You're going to quit glorifying the enemy. Because he's, you're just talking about the enemy. The enemy's got me. The enemy's got me. The enemy's got me. A demon's got me. And, and you're going to stop that. And you're going to put your eyes on Jesus is what you're going to do. And you say, Lord, I just want to come and just confess that, that my prayer life is maybe MIA, maybe it's missing in action, Um, maybe I just don't have a handle, but today I got fed, today I got a little strength, and today I'm going to come, and I'm going to humble myself, Jesus, and I'm just going to tell you, I just heard some truth, and my life is forever changed. I will not focus 
on my failures. I will not focus on my past. I will not focus on my sin. I will focus on the one who won. I will focus on the one who died. I will focus on the one who rose again, who defeated death, hell, and the grave. And I'm going to say, Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Lord, from everlasting to everlasting, you are worthy, Jesus. And I'm going to praise you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done, but I want to praise you for who you are. You are gracious to me, God. You are merciful to me, God. You are good to me, God. You are patient with me, God. You are long-suffering to me, God. Let me tell you what's happening right now. This ain't no joke. Let me tell you what's happening. Someone's getting a suddenly today, right now. Someone's getting a suddenly in your life right now. And God's already dispatched heaven's armies. You're going to see your chains. I believe and declare in Jesus' name, you will see your chains fall off. And you will see chains of other people around you fall off because you raised your praise. So praise Him. He's worthy. And then if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you never confessed with your mouth that you're a sinner and you need a Savior, you never believed in your heart that Jesus died for you, He was buried and He rose again, today is your day. It is your day of salvation today, right here, right now. You can confess them to be Jesus and Lord one day, or you can do it today. And I would suggest to you, today matters. Do not harden your heart Well, God is knocking on your door. If that's you, I want to invite you to pray. You repeat after me right now a simple prayer. You're not praying to me, you're praying to Jesus. But you would say a prayer as simple as this, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Thank you for loving me and for dying for me and for rising again I declare Jesus is Lord I give you my life I receive your life now teach me how to live in Jesus name if you prayed that prayer for the first time today I want you to raise your hand I want you to hold it up high I don't care if you're down front or if you're in your seat if you prayed that prayer for the first time today I want you to hold your hand up hold it up high going to give you a gift don't you be afraid don't you wuss out don't you be ashamed you got this six seconds of courage here it is on the count of three one two three hold it up hold it up hold it up high that's right come on navar hold it up let's go golf breeze hold it up raise it up let's celebrate church let's celebrate he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy